of the message in this psalm, but I'm only going to uh, deal with one of them uh, this morning, and that's just probably half of the one that I with last week. Look at Psalm 32 and 1. It says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven and whose sin is covered. Man, I like that. Then notice what it says. Blessed. Same word. Now, there's nothing wrong with that word being defined as happy. Most people today are so unhappy, it is absolutely pathetic. They're unhappy where they work. They're unhappy where they live. They're unhappy with their unhappy. I mean, they're just unhappy. Not, not satisfied with, with their marriage. Not satisfied with their money. Not satisfied with their ministry. Just not happy. And they're, they're, they're looking around them for the solution when they ought to be looking up and in them for the solution. The problems around you is not causing your unhappiness. It is your lack of inward power to deal with your surroundings that's causing you unhappiness. You get victory in you, and you're going to get victory outside of you. But when the, when, when the thermometer's going up and the heat's getting on around you, and it starts causing you inner grief, then your spirit is being mauled by your atmospheric pressure. You do not have to be... Uh, beat down and pushed back and stalked by the powers that be, if you will. Blessed is the man, or happy is the man, unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. Now, I gave you four points last week. I just want to put them up on the screen and give you the first one, if I may. The sin question in this whole psalm is the title of it. But look at the first one. The pleasure we feel when sin is cleansed. The pleasure we feel. Now, notice David didn't break out with, with, uh, with uh, explanation of his guilt. He didn't break out in this psalm and start this psalm out uh, with, with uh, repentance or anything. He, he started it out saying, Blessed is the man whose transgression is dealt with and whose sin is covered. This man has committed adultery with a woman. This song, uh, psalm is written out of the backlash of that situation and circumstance. And he's writing it because God has dealt with him and God has blessed him. And he's saying you can get happy over those things that have knocked you down. And he starts out, blessed. He just explodes in his heart over the fact that you can be happy over the things that God has done for you. Those other three we'll deal with as time goes along, but we're going to talk about the pleasure we feel when sin is cleansed. How many of you can remember when you got saved? Let me see your hand. You can remember. Well, that's enough to know that God will deal with your emotions when He starts dealing with your commotion. God will start dealing with your feelings. He'll let you feel a little something. Now, may I say this? You're not saved because you feel some way. You feel some way because you get saved. I think everybody who gets saved feels it, Steve. I do. I don't, and I'm not talking about thunderous... Uh, Sounds, and I'm not talking about explosive lightnings. 
in your life. I'm not talking about you just do backflips or salt and run to the front and, and just, uh, you know, throw on some kind of a religious circus. That's not what I'm saying at all. But if Jesus... It, I, I, I can't help this. i got to say it. If Jesus cleans up something as dirty as a sinner, that sinner is going to sense that something got a hold of it. Now, it may not happen the moment he's cleansed. It may be a service or two. It may be a ways down the road. But would you agree with me that the possibility exists that if heaven comes down and glory fills your soul, the possibility exists that you may feel it. <laughs> I remember when I got saved, and you remember when you got saved. Uh, my daddy was 51 or 52 when he got saved. And he told me, he said, Preacher! He called me that from the day he got saved till he died. He said, Preacher! It felt like God just poured cold water on me. He said, and wash me down real good. Now, I didn't feel that. I didn't sense that. But when I went down, a child of the devil, as dirty and nasty as hell can make a man, I went down a sinner. I went down a hell-deserving heathen. And I stood up, a child of the king, born again, had my name recorded in the Lamb. Are you with me this morning? My name recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life. And I want to tell you something. I started walking in grace, and I started... Feeling something. Now, what brings that emotion alive? Three words. I want you to underscore them in your Bible or in your papers or in your mind. The first one is the word forgiven. Forgiven. That word, you see, a man is born heavy laden with sin. I don't care if he's born to a $50 million parent or to a $2 parent. I don't care if he lives in the best neighborhood or if he comes crawled out of the ghetto. I don't care if he's blue chip or gray chip stock. I don't care what you classify him. He's born the first time worthy of hell and will spend an eternity in the charred walls of the doomed if he does not come in contact with the crimson blood of Christ. Am I right about it? Is that Bible... He's born wrong. I don't care how wealthy or poor he might be. And as he comes along in life, he hears the gospel message. He hears the gospel story. He hears what God Almighty can do for him. He hears the preacher preach. He hears the Holy Ghost speak to him. And all of a sudden, he experiences a repentant heart and he sees himself as heavy laden and loaded down with guilt. He bows down somewhere and confesses to God. And what happens? He gets forgiven. God wipes the board clean. God eradicates the evidence. God completely washes the board. He doesn't just dusty, erase it off with the eraser, but He washes it in the blood so you can't even see the image of a letter. He cleanses you. You are forgiven. It means, the word forgiven in that verse means to be taken up and carried away, to take weight off, lifted, burden, removed, difficulty. Can anybody remember when that happened to you? Oh, thank God I can. And literally, 
what he's saying here, our sin is tearing off like the tracks. What you used to be, you aren't any longer because something greater than what you was gave you power to become who you are. And because you're who you are and not what you used to be, the one who gave you power to be what you are is the power that you live in and walk in. You are forgiven. You are blood washed. I don't care how much drugs I don't care how much how much drugs you've done. I don't I don't care how many women you've with. I don't care how much filth you was in. I don't care what kind of problem. Hey, name something. The blood of Jesus Christ. You're here this morning. You say, I've been divorced. Well, ain't we all got our problems. You're here this morning. You say, I've had murder in my heart. Well, if God will save and touch and, and forgive the one who wrote this psalm, who killed a woman's husband just so he could sleep with her and the man wouldn't know it. That's the writer. So I figure if God, and David figured this, if God can start with me, he can dead well finish up with you. I hadn't killed nobody. I've wanted to a few times, but I haven't yet killed anybody. So I guess I can say there's still hope for my life if God will show mercy today. Forgiven. Forgiven. I'm glad to know this morning that I'm forgiven. They had a... Uh, let, let me see those verses in Leviticus 16 and 7. Let's read this just a minute. Uh, and he shall take the two... Two goats were brought in the Old Testament economy of forgiveness for a sin offering, presented them before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. Now Aaron cast lots upon the two goats. Now whichever lot was of the Lord's, the Lord would get that goat and the other uh, for the scapegoat. They would take one goat and they would sacrifice it on the, on the uh, altar of sin for the nation of Israel, and the lot that fell to the goat that was to be sacrificed, he would be sacrificed, and another one for the scapegoat. Now, the Bible says, And Aaron shall bring the goat upon which the lots fell, and offer him for a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell to be the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to make an atonement with him and to let him go for a scapegoat into the wilderness. They would sacrifice one goat and they would take another one and they would, through the ceremony of the sin offering, they would lay the sins of Israel upon that scapegoat and that little goat would be driven into the wilderness. And it was a picture of this. Uh, the goat took the sin of the whole nation of Israel and he walked out into the wilderness to die and to be alone with the sins of Israel. The sin was taken from the people and the people were protected from their sin. Thank God yonder on Calvary 2,000 plus years ago, our scapegoat hung and bled and died for us and because God laid upon him the iniquity of us all, all of us can go free. I'm glad there's enough blood there for the whoremonger. I'm glad there's enough blood for the thief. I'm glad there's enough blood for the gambler. I'm glad there's enough blood for the murderer. I'm glad there's enough blood for all. Would somebody help me praise God? There's still enough blood to take care of our sin. Forgiveness. Forgiven. 
Oh, how could I ever preach having lived in this community since I was five? Grew up stone throw that way. Lived without God and exercised all my rights as a sinner. Only to be converted at the age of 21. Converted and then called to preach about 60 days later. Preaching ever since. How could a man ever do that without a divine visitation from glory? With forgiveness. You can live above the things that the devil is trying to get you to live beneath. Let me ask you a question. Do you know that forgiveness is not in what you do, but in what Jesus Christ done not to you, but for you? I had a question in my Sunday school class this morning. How can I ever get forgiveness and sense it and, and, and virtually feel it, acknowledge it, know it. In my heart, how can I ever get forgiveness for the sin of adultery? This person had had an affair and they, I have no idea who they are and don't care to know that. They just said, how can I ever get complete forgiveness and forgive myself for such a hideous thing that I've done to a mate and to somebody outside of my marital relationship. I want to tell you something. You will never get that done. You and yourself will never complete that transaction. I don't care if you psycho, uh, psychologically get counseling or you psychoanalyze and go to every clinic. I don't care if you have shock treatment. The best shock treatment I know is when you go before the Lord and get shocked at how much He loves you and will forgive you no matter what you've done. Forgiveness. Then notice, if you will, please. Now, let's don't, let's don't leave this little word now and as, as a cliche. Let's don't walk off and abandon it as not important and un, unimportant. Forgiven. I'm forgiven. I mean, I'm glad this morning that I, I need God more than anybody in this building needs God most of the time. But thank God I want to tell you, I can say I'm forgiven. Mercy was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied for me. <laughs> then there's the little word covered. Notice what he says. Look at, look, at your, look at your Bible. Look at this verse. He says, blessed, happy. Jumping up and down. I mean enjoying life. Everybody else said, oh, how in the world he lives like that. I knew him before he got that religion. He wasn't nothing but a dog. That joker stunk like a skunk. He is absolutely filthy, low down, good for nothing, and not worthy to shoot. He act, and he'd go off over there and preach the gospel. I don't really care what they think about what I was. I need to know what I am. If I know what I am, it don't make a lick of difference if they still believe what I was. You see, I'm controlling inside what's going on on the outside, and I got my happy under control. Two scoops of briars and a single cone will get rid of anybody who don't like who you are. Don't worry about it. He says, happy, 
Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Not just transgression forgiven, but sin is covered. Help me out here, brother. Tess, if you will, please. Uh, brother Steve, uh, get, give me that little trash can right around that corner there. And set it right in the middle of this this uh, right rug. Thank you, sir. Thank you, my brother. <clears throat> I don't have to tell you what goes in this can. It, there's, there's not a milkshake in here. It's most of your disappointment. There's not a snicker bar, but there's just uh, they're just empty cans and and trash. Much like me before he met me and I met him, I was exposed. When there was anybody around drinking, I was popping a top with them. When there's anybody around cussing somebody out, telling a vile joke, or hurting somebody's feelings to the core, didn't bother me a lick. I'd laugh if somebody cried over the hurt they were getting. I hate what I was. And I got over it by liking what I am. And the only way you'll ever get over what you was is you better get to be more as what you are than what you was. And there my life was. I was doing nothing but the devil walking around, and he, I love it when he does that. I've twisted him up. Oh, God died for him. Jesus pled the blood for him. And Jesus wants him. But I want you to know that Larry Brown is a prized trash container of mine. Help me. Help me, son, just a minute. All of a sudden, on the third Sunday night in September of 1968, uh, Jesus passed by my way. He sat right down on top of my life. And His blood became a covering for what I was. Now, I was a thoroughbred trash can. I was a thoroughbred trash can. Still am! But you see, I got, I got one thing that has been added to my life that was not there before, and that is a scarlet covering to where you can't see what I was. The preacher didn't apply it, though. The deacon didn't apply it, though. The trash is still in the can, and the can is still existing. But it's covered. And not only that, when Jesus covered my life and saved me and covered up what I was, He brought decoration to my life. He brought something worth looking at. He said, not only will I cover him, but I'll decorate him to be used for my glory. And what's under him that they can't see is not operating where they can. I'll just put my power on him. I'll put my glory on him. I'll put my goodness on him. And what they'll see is what, I, what I've done for him. 
Now, there will be those that will say, but God's Holy Spirit will say, you didn't put the crimson on Him, and you won't uncover Him, because He who owns the blood and shed it will remove it or apply it. But there'll be those in your family that say, yeah, but how about the trash? We're talking about, well, what sins are you talking about? Well, I don't remember them anymore. From the book of life, they've all been torn out, and I don't. Remember them anymore. How many of you are glad you're forgiven and you're covered? Oh, it's the possibility of the trash is still there. But if the blood, if the devil gets in there and starts messing around on, he'll get saved because he get blood on him. So all he can do is stand out here and accuse me of what he thinks and what he's seen and what he knows. All he can do, yang, 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 and all I got to do is, you are trespassing. Get thee behind. What did Jesus tell him? Get behind me, boy. I don't even want to talk to you. I'm trying to stop what I came to do. Cover. Now, there are a lot of people who try to cover their own self by church membership. You throw that rag on them, we see through it. There's a lot of people say, I was baptized. Yeah, if you think chlorine will do you that way, then we're going to set up a chlorinated tunnel on Washington Road and chlorinate everything goes through it. If I thought baptism was going to get them right, I'd just have a, about a two-mile-long baptistry out there and let them go right through as they pass. That's not going to save them. And it's not going to get the devil off of what they was. It's not but one thing. Oh, precious is the thought that made me a white house snow. Oh, no other time I know nothing but the blood of Jesus. Somebody help me. Give him glory. Before, just a trash container. Now, ta-da! A preacher. Not very good at it. Don't brag on it. Sometimes sorry as a devil. Need a whipping about half time. But I don't care how hard you whoop me, you're never going to see what he covered. No matter how bad off I get, he's not an Indian giving saint. Hallelujah. Then, the third, the third word. Look at that. That third, that third word is, is, uh, is in, that the Lord imputeth not imputeth. That's a, 
That, that, I like this. I'm having a good time. If you've got to go to lunch, I'll catch you tonight. I'll turn, I know where the light switch is. Just help yourself. I, I, impute us. The devil's been clawing up and down my back and, and waylaying me and, 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 and karate chopping me for weeks. I'm just now getting strong enough and just now getting up enough to where I can let him know exactly what's up and what's coming. He, he don't like for you to tell him what's coming because he knows he's going to it. But I'm glad to know that that little word imputeth means this. It's an accounting term that means the debt is not recorded or reckoned. It means to cancel out as never existing. It means no charge. i tell you this and I, I quit. I've had uh, a multitude of doctors in the last 55 years before I ever laid horizontal in a hospital. Wasn't even born in one. Wasn't even, thank you, brother. I just reminded I brought my own. The last one you gave me had boogers in it. I don't want to throw off on your hanky, but it was spooky. That joker was spooky. Thank you. I'm cutting up. I had to say, so I owe you $20 after church. I was trying to wake old deadbeat on the back row up back there laughing. That's, he's, he's up now. That's all right. Fifty-five years, and all I did was visit them, and that was poor. I apologize to most of y'all for the way I visited. I, I'd go down there half the time with no empathy and no compassion. I mean, how am I supposed to have any compassion? I ain't never been in one. But I go different now. No, I, I, I can't go in the front door without feeling where I was. I mean, when you get called to preach, God ought to just get you a pacemaker right there and throw you in the hospital. Had a, had a, I was preaching. Where was I preaching this week, you know? Uh, yeah. I was in Hickory. And uh, there was a woman about 75, 76 years old on a stick, you know. She come up to me afterwards. She said, you've got one of them things. I said, ma'am, what are you talking about? She said, you've got one of them, them things that makes your heart do better. I said, yes, ma'am. The preacher had told him I got a pacemaker. She said, I've heard about them things. She said, where'd you get them? I said, I, I don't know where they got it. I got. I went to the hospital and got it. She says, it make everybody act like you. That's what she said. I mean, old as dirt. I mean, I mean... You know, and she said, that, that thing make everybody act like you? I said, uh, ma'am, I, 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 I'm signing Bible soaking wet. I said, I really don't know. She said, I want, I, I, I want me one now. And she's shaking that little stick, pounding out here, tapping on the tile right there in the church for you. She said, I, 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 I think I'll just go to Walmart and see if they got one to get my husband to put it in. <laughs> I reckon she thought it just sort of set in you like a hearing aid, you know. But I, I never have been in the hospital. Ain't that crazy? Fifty-five years. I went fifty-five years before I needed a stitch. Just never went. Didn't have to. Well, 
When I did go, I, I got me a multitudinous group of doctors. They all had car payments coming due, and and their condos down at Jekyll Island was coming. And they said, this boy here. So uh, I go in the first one, turns me over to another one. He puts thing in. Another one tries to find out why I'm burning up with fever. And another one rubs me through one of them iron lung looking things trying to see if I got any brains left. Now that last one, he was high. He was real high. I'm not talking about Budweiser high. I'm talking about this guy was expensive for nothing. He just hit a button. I went through. He hit a button and stopped it. And I come out. I got a bill for when I got home. I mean, this boy got some secretarial help down there I need. Well, I went back. You know, I had to get several of them things before we could get them all straightened out. And uh, I, I went back. I went to him. And I don't know. I don't, don't ask me why. But I, he, he, I got to talking to him and uh, he found out what I was doing. He found out who I was. Asked me two or three times. I prayed before I went in that last time with him. I had no idea whether he liked it or not and didn't care. I was getting cut. He was. And since he was doing the cutting, I thought maybe we might get the cutter in on this thing, get God to bless the cutter, because the cutty is worried about the cutter. And I did pray the knife had slipped and he'd cut his throat if he hurt me. And he was very cautious. Well, I went down there, I guess it was last week sometime, and, and I saw him. Went to see him for a few minutes because he asked for a, uh, a question about the prayer I prayed. And I went in there. I sat down and talked to him. And I, we just talked for a few minutes about, about that prayer. He was interested. And when I started to leave, he said, uh, Oh, by the way, preacher, he said, I decided just to take whatever the insurance company will give me, if anything. He said, If they don't give me anything, that's all right. He said, he said That bill I sent you, he said, I want you to send it back to me. He said, Because you don't have any bills in my office. I said, would you call Federal, First Federal, and see if they... No, I didn't. He said, there's, there's no record of you having ever been worked on by me. And he said, anything you ever need, you let me know. He said, you are my courtesy patient. That's a double tithe talk. Yeah. I got out in the car and the Holy Ghost was sitting there. He, 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 he said, how'd you like that? I said, I like that. He said, um, that's happened to you several times, hasn't it? I said, I said, yeah, it sure has. He said, uh, it never has happened like I did it to you. And I said, you're right. He said, I can't even remember what you was enough to talk to you about it. He said, not only is it canceled for the life of me, I'm not even smart enough about your failure to talk to you. I went out of that parking garage just shouting a victory. Not only did somebody wipe out about $12,000, but what sins are you talking about? They've been canceled, not imputed. It means though they were there, the blood covered them so well that God forgot and can't remember to put them back. Stand, stand up with 
Praise God. That'll make an Episcopal walk on the back of a pew. Amen. Want you to pray with me? Them other three doctors will get what he got. I could care less. God will start butchering hamburger meat before He'll let me or you, either one, go hungry. How about it this morning? The pleasure we feel when sin is cleansed is because it's carried away. Oh, oh, that old gossip lives at the end of your street won't let you forget it, but Jesus won't ever bring it up. And, it, and you know why you feel so good about it? Because it's covered. The blemish cannot be seen as far as the east is from the west. God said, I'll hide your sins behind my back and all He can do is this. He'll never meet them. Blemished. Oh, I was bruised and broken. But uh, for the life of me, Jesus said, I can't remember it because it's been canceled. Not imputed. Some of you are living beneath the pressure of forgiven sin. And the pressure is your own making because you will not submit to what you just heard. I wonder how many of you would slip out of your seat this morning and bring that burden-breaking, that back-breaking, bruising hurt and lay it on this altar and say by coming, Lord, I give you... And hey, if you're lost, I promise you, It'll be brought back up again. If you're lost, if you're unsaved, there you are. Blood sitting close by, and you refusing to be anything but a trash dispenser. And if you die, a garbage container is because you decided to be dirty. Because no closer than a prayer is the crimson blood of Christ. Come, let us reason together saith the Lord. Though your sins be red like crimson, they shall be white as snow. Though they be like scarlet, the Bible says, they shall be as wool. I wonder if you'd just come. How many people are here this morning who would say, by coming, you would say, I want to come and praise God. I want to come and kneel and thank the Lord. I can't go to hell. I'm on my way to glory. And so glad of it, I'm going to come tell him about it. God knows what he's doing. Come on, teenager. Come on, teenager. Come on, child of God. You let the devil know this morning you're a little sick and tired of living under his pressure. Blessed, happy. Blessed, happy. <laughs> is the man whose sins and transgressions have been forgiven and covered. Oh, yes. People need God. Trust me. If there's anybody you need, it's Christ. Oh, yes, Father. Oh, 
Oh God, thank you. Oh, yes. What could 